broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands through the heart of the Casterville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline. You're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. All right, good afternoon, everyone. We have a phenomenal show for you today featuring Captain Rich Wiley, the commanding officer of Naval Support Activity Monterey, that's uh, home of the Naval Postgraduate School. So, but first, let me remind you that if you can't listen to at 1.30 on Saturdays here on Power Talk, you can also listen to us anytime by podcast on platforms like iTunes and Spotify, or you can go to our website at whatstheplanmonterey.com and listen. On our website, you can sign up for a weekly email with information about upcoming programs. Welcome to the program, Captain Wiley. Paul, it's great to be with you. I'm honored that you had asked, and um, I'm um, yeah, it's um, it's great to hear your voice. I look forward to I look forward to the talk. Thank you. I should note for listeners, I Captain Wiley was my boss when I was the public works officer at NSA Monterey. So with that out of the way, let's see. Before we get started about uh, you know the Navy base and all that stuff, let's let's talk a little bit about. Uh, before, even before your distinguished naval career, as a young child in the halcyon days of the 80s in the Salinas Valley, can you tell us a little bit about that? It's a great place to grow up. Uh, grew up in the Oroa Seco. I will be down in the Oroa Seco tomorrow, uh, having gone to Greenfield Elementary and King City High School. Go Mustangs. Oh, my. Visiting my dad and still, you know, just a lot of great friends and uh, a wonderful upbringing, a lot of hard work on a farm. And um, uh, just great friends. One of the blessings about being back here in Monterey. Arroyo Seca, that state park, well, there's wineries, great wineries around there, but they're also known for their ticks and uh, poison oak, but beautiful place. I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I've had my share of, share of each to include those great glasses of wine. And um, yes, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful area. So That is really cool. It's really kind of rugged, more rugged than you would expect. So you've probably driven from Carmel to Greenfield a few times on that crazy road. Um, you know, not, not as many times as you think. I mean, it's, it's it's still having grown up in the area. I have done it a couple of times, but um, most of the times we beat feet right up the right up the eastern side of the islands and um, and head over sixty eight. It's just faster, mm. but uh, it's a beautiful trip from those who've taken it. Absolutely. So then you somehow the admission department at Berkeley was sleeping, sir. I'm joking. Of course, you, you attended Berkeley <laughs> in the 80s. Uh, and uh, it was probably that was probably a little bit of a culture shift going from Berkeley in the 80s to the Naval Officer Candidate School. Can you talk a little bit about like both of those experiences? Go Bears had a great time. I was a fifth generation, fourth or fifth generation Cal alum. So going to Berkeley was not foreign to me, and I had a great time and a lot of great friends. Still go up to see many of football, baseball, basketball. I, I love being back on campus. Uh, what was what was it like going from uh, going from Berkeley to the Navy? What's it like going from civilian life to, to the Navy? And I will tell you, Berkeley's uh, Berkeley's storied history with Naval Air, Fly Navy, is um, and Naval ROTC. And I was not ROTC; I was AOCS, so that's Aviation Officer Candidate School in Pensacola. But ROTC, one of the original, I think they call me original six. Berkeley's ROTC unit that it shares with San Francisco State, USF, St. Mary's, and Stanford. Um, the first commanding officer of the ROTC unit up there was, and he guess, Admiral Nimitz. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Nimitz. wow. Yeah, was the first commanding officer and lived after World War II, lived in the Berkeley Hills. So still a wonderful relationship between the Admiral and his family and um, 
and the Berkeley campus. And the Admiral was actually buried over in Presidio by what I was told the other day. And uh, I understand that Admiral Spruance is buried with him. So if somebody can correct me on that, that's somebody had told me when I was speaking out in town the other day, uh, that little bit of history. And uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Wow. Yeah, that comes full circle because I was reading a book and they were talking about, I think Nemitz passed away at the hospital on Treasure Island, I think. And it was, it was, I believe him and uh, when it was still there. So kind of interesting. Yeah. Now I know. But when I heard, and I heard from great friends of ours who, um, who lived right next door to the Nemesis up in the, up in the Berkeley Hills. His name is Claude Hutchison. They live up Carmel Valley and his wife Suits. But um, yeah, a wonderful history. But to answer your question, what's it like going from not just Berkeley, but from civilian life to the military, especially AOCS, which they call the Pensacola, um, what a hot plate or hot cooker or whatever it is, boiling plate. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's uh, it's 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 a shock. Let's just, I flew out of I flew out of San Francisco in June of '90. Flew into Pensacola. Those are not the same microclimates in June. If you're looking no. at June, it's June bloom in San Francisco, and it's like you know it's like Monterey. It's always 62. And you fly into Pensacola. Pensacola is not 62 in the middle of June. It's um, it's probably it, I don't think it ever reaches 62 at night in, in, in June. And then uh, you get uh, you meet uh, your what we called our dad, but Gunnery uh, Sergeant Jesus Jimenez, United States Marine Corps. And from that point on, your life ends as a, in the civilian as they indoctrinate you not only into the military but naval air. Uh, and it's a wonderful, like still some great experiences, great laughs that I share with some guys. But my class started with a little over 40, 43, and we finished with the original of that class. Uh, I think it was thirteen or fourteen. Wow. Yeah, it's just like like a, it's a lot, like a officer and a gentleman, pretty much. With uh, you were you were the Richard Gear character. But there you go. There you go. I'll, I'll relate everything in your career back to some naval movie. So uh, hopefully you didn't get in a fist fight with uh, Mr. Jimenez. I, I doubt it. Like I, the movie, like in the movie, I would have been on the losing end of that. But uh, <laughs> that, that is that was not allowed. But uh, yeah, as long as you don't bring up Top Gun, we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, top gun. Okay. So, well, that's the next chapter in your story is uh, not to bring up Top Gun, but Goose is uh, you, you started out as an NFO, right? Is that, I get, is that correct? I did. I'd originally gotten a pilot contract. I have an astigmatism uh, in my right eye. It was not a surprise. Um, I kicked me over to the naval flight officer side of the house. Uh, I knew I could always apply to be a pilot later on if I did well. Had a great time flying the A6 Intruder as a, as a BM, bombing your navigator, right seat. Wonderful teamwork, great time, great six years with two squadrons and two and a half deployments in Whidbey Island. So a lot of great memories before I transition. That's cool. So how did, that's rare to go, I would think it's rare to go to NFO to pilot, but then you, so you transition to pilot and uh, you flew a lot of airframes and a lot of carrier uh, missions yeah. as well, right? Yeah. A lot of great memories. So yes, I started out C-45, which is where, and I'll say CQ, you carrier qual. In the T-45, and uh, I think I carry carrier called off the John F. Kennedy. And then um, trans- or my first operational platform was E-2 Hawkeyes, uh, great squadrons, VAW-113 out of Point Magoo. Um, just, yeah, a great indoctrination into the pilot side of the house. Uh, transition from there over to the C-2 Greyhound, which takes the DVs and supply parts out to the carrier. Great <laughs> squadron, great time, department head tour, and then... Um, that was my command aircraft. And then uh, I finished up the last three and a half, four years in um, in the Super Hornet, flying out of uh, uh, NAS China Lake. So another great experience. Right. And then 
And then, then you went on to be uh, the boring part of your career where you were the boss. So like you were, you were the air boss on the Nimitz and then eventually to China Lake and then here. Uh, and that, that's, uh, that's, that's probably less exciting, but also just as challenging, I'm sure. It, uh, it was, and it was Air Boss on Carl Vincent. So Vincent, 2010, sorry. 2010 to 2012. And ironically, it's my first carrier arrestments were on Vincent back in 1992, 91, 92. And my last carrier arrestments were on Vincent. So um, it was a bookend. But no, that uh, there is nothing boring to being the Air Boss, on the, certainly on the Carl Vincent at that time. So I get to them. If you follow Wiley around, you're going to be on an aircraft carrier. And that's testament. I picked it up from a great friend who took it, uh, took the Vincent through what we call RCOH. That's reactor carrier overhaul or core mm-hmm. overhaul, excuse me. So that she was in the yards for four years, came out. He took it around the horn. They did some wonderful work in Haiti following the natural disaster there. But I picked it up in April or May, May of 2010. And uh, hadn't done carrier, you know, hadn't done cyclic ops or alert ops. We built up that flight deck with a wonderful team, the tireless efforts. Actually, my mini boss at the time is with me over here at MPS, Commander Paul Gump Rasmussen, and hmm. a great dude to to he stood within four or five feet of me for about a year and a half, fifteen months, and probably sixteen to eighteen hours a day in the tower of the Vincent. So we did uh, two. Big, you know, six to seven month deployments, 2011 and 2012, with 100 days in between. Right. You talk about at the end of the time, that will probably be the one I talk about the most. Not it's it's you know I'd be truthful, it's probably the job I didn't want the most, but it's the one that I am I I, I found the most rewarding. That's that's when that's where I learned a lot about leadership that on Vincent, but worked with a great team, and you realize you can't do it by yourself. Uh, you have to rely on others, and not that I didn't accept that mantra before that, but uh, testament at that time. Some great bosuns, some guys who just knew their job and were dedicated. And uh, I had a flight deck of about 800 people. So the air department was about 800 people. In extension with the carrier air wing team, I took it out to about 15 to 2,000 people who have to be on the same sheet with the air boss at all times in order to conduct cyclic ops uh, for about mm. 10 to 12 cycles a day and for about 12 to 14 hours a day. And like, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, and you were, what years were those and where where did you guys deploy to? 2010 to 2012 in the same place both times. So that was the original time when, uh, um, when there was, when there was some, when there was not so good a relations with the Iranians. Uh, so we were in the Persian Gulf, the Arabian Gulf both times in the Sea of Oman. So we've uh, passed through the, the Western Pacific, um, South China Sea, all the way to the, you know, through the Indian Ocean and uh, up into the Gulf of Oman and uh, the Arabian Gulf. That's fantastic. <laughs> also, very, very, very warm places on the planet. I was, we, I got to, I got to park off the coast of the Congo uh, for about a month once in the in the nineties as well on a ship. So the and that's very hot as well. <laughs> so. Uh, Let's see the history of the naval base. Maybe we could touch a little bit on that because, as as a local a local populace or the historians in the population might know, there used to be a rail line, which is now the the wreck trail, and it stopped somewhere right around the Naval Postgraduate School. And there's a beautiful hotel on the Naval Postgraduate School called the Domani. And can you tell tell us a little bit about how that? was built and, and how it came about in the 1800s. How many times did it burn down? It burned down <laughs> twice. We won't focus on the negative. We'll focus on the positive. Mm-hmm. So 1880, 
So you look at the history of the Del Monte and history of the Monterey Peninsula. So uh, history of the Del Monte was 1880, Charles Crocker, a gentleman by the name of Charles Crocker, F.B. Morse, and uh, Leland Stanford Jr. and many other benefactors. Uh, at the time, luxury hotels outside. So the original wooden, great wooden hotels on the West Coast, you got the Hotel Del um, Coronado and Coronado. You got the um, Claremont up in Berkeley and the Del Monte was another. And there's there's some other wonderful hotels in the city and uh, I'm certainly out, but those were big three um, in 1880. So 1880, it burnt down the first time, uh, rebuilt, wonderful structure here. And then uh, 18, 1924, it burnt down a second time and that's the original or that's the structure that we're in right now that's when it brought on the spanish and i say the spanish motif but it came from and i think it was english gothic somebody had told me runtime and i'm i'm, I'm a simple pilot at this so i don't know what the original architecture but we have we have the wonderful wooden edifice and, and pictures of it uh, in the del monte but um as a kid growing up on the peninsula i will tell you i have two centers of gravity when i you know and it's a military term so please excuse me but when i talk out in town one of them is the wonderful work that the mps is doing in their academic side on the academic side of the campus the other that uh, a lot of the people when i talk out in town what they want to hear about know about is the del monte so it's um it's just storied with history on the grounds from the ballroom that 1924 and uh, the origination for that charles crocker had a lot to do with the athletics here so in the early 19th century when um, they were they were burning the refuse from the sardines and all the shellfish that the, the action that was going on at cannery row and just the, the smell from cannery row People weren't populating the beaches, so he dug out what is now Del Monte Lake for us, which is on our property, to make it into an artificial an artificial beach or lake. So really, the Del Monte Hotel was the first self-contained resort um, that I think we know about on the West Coast. And people will correct me on that, but it was a self-contained resort. So it expanded up to the original golf course on the West Coast, which is uh, Old D, a wonderful golf course that you and I have played Mm -hmm. uh, an Olympic-sized pool at the time, which is 100 feet long. That's on our property. No longer a pool. It's a reflection pond, but wonderful grounds that point to the storied history. Uh, other thing, the uh, 17-mile drive originated where? The 17-mile drive originated on um, right in front of the Del Monte Hotel. So, Because um, people would take their horse and carriage, which would drop you off at the rail lines right outside the entrance to the Del Monte, and he would drive around 2017 mile drive. Really, Pebble Beach and the Lodge were um, came about because you could not make it all the way around 17 mile drive. So, as I am told, they built the Lodge. The golf course came in 1919, but the origination for for people who couldn't make it around the around 17 mile drive had to lay up someplace and. Uh, Hence, Pebble Beach uh, and the Lodge came to came to oh, That's awesome. Yeah, it was real quick. I was talking about Charles Crocker was a, a railroad magnate, and uh, so that's where his fortune came from. And then, of course, Samuel Morris was a uh, was the inventor of the Morse code and the telegraph, and he um, also was a portrait painter. I don't know if we have any uh, portraits of, that he's painted in the Del Monte, but that would be kind of cool. They're probably worth yeah. something, but. So a lot but, of testaments to the past on the grounds. We also have a wonderful cactus or an Arizona garden uh, mm. maintained, maintained by some wonderful, wonderful uh, volunteers. Uh, and that uh, the, the inspiration for that came from Mrs. Stanford, I am told. And, and again, I, I, I invite people to reach out and go, no, this is the history because I love reading about it. 
when I get it in my emails. And a lot of times people are correcting me from what I've heard. Uh, but I love it, getting at the truth. But uh, Miss Stanford, another uh, inspiration. And um, my daughters, having gone to Stanford, uh, we visited the one on the Stanford campus. And um, you can see a lot of a lot of similarities. That is fantastic. Well, we're, we're a show about the future, as you can tell from our conversation right now. We're talking a lot about the past in Monterey County. But the past is, uh, you know, the father to the future, as they say, or the mother to the future. So uh, really interesting stuff. And Monterey Peninsula has forever been a very steeped in hospitality and these things. So when we come back, we'll talk about a little bit about the transition uh, to the Navy base. And then we'll, we'll talk specifically about some of the things that are happening at Naval Support Activity Monterey and during the COVID time and what they're doing to prepare for the future. So you've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk, 1460 and 101FM. We'll be back with Captain Rich Wiley, Commanding Officer of Naval Support Activity Monterey, to talk more about the Navy base. Stay tuned. One company is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Sounds like a big number, doesn't it? Not to express employment professionals. We take pride in connecting the right people with the right company. Express Employment Professionals is on a mission to put a million people to work each year. Let us help. We'll open doors for you. For great employees, call Monterey County Express Employment Professionals. 831-920-1230. That's 831-920-1230. Advertising. Love it or hate it, it's a vital tool for business owners to attract customers and earn a living. But some city governments have arbitrary laws about what advertising signs can and cannot say. The First Amendment protects freedom of speech. IJ is committed to defending free speech against excessive and unfair government regulations. Please visit our website today at ij.org to find out how you can help the Institute for Justice. If you're planning an event and searching for the perfect venue, consider the Monterey County Sheriff's Posse Grounds on Old Natividad Road in Salinas. The Posse Grounds has it all. A complete kitchen, barbecue pits. We also have an outdoor stage featuring a large dance area, all in a private setting and wide open spaces. So book your event now. Call 831-444-6267 or visit our website at mcsposse.com. The Monterey County Sheriff's Posse is a not-for-profit organization. Okay, we're halfway through the program. Let's go ahead and get back to more of What's the Plan with your host, Paul Wyant, here on Power Talk 1460 and 101FM. Paul? Hey, thanks a lot, Mark. We are talking to Captain Rich Wiley, Commanding Officer of Naval Support Activity Monterey, about his career and the Naval Support Activity and, of course, Naval Postgraduate School and generally the military in Monterey County. So where we left off is uh, Samuel Morris and... uh, and Mr. Crocker and Leland Stanford had built the beautiful Del Monte Hotel, but their eyes turned somewhere else during World War II. And uh, so what happened around World War II, sir, if, uh, if we just kind of go through the history? Yeah, it's uh, so in 1941, the interest, as I'm told, interest in um, luxury hotels was waning, and for obvious reasons. So the Navy, which was conducting um, flight training out of both Monterey and over in Marina and wonderful other airports uh, here, in the, here in the Monterey Peninsula, uh, as well, the 7th ID being over at Fort Ord need a place to house house uh, the sailors and the Marines, the pilots. So the Navy took over, uh, took over the Del Monte Hotel. 
and there's a picture if you see it in our great trident room um and there's a picture of a bunch of aviators that and this thing will sit the, the, the ballroom sits about 600 people comfortably and i think that's what we max out for you know one of our formal occasions one of our big dinners i know there's more than 600 sailors and marines and there are pilots um going through flight training boat they took over the hotel used the hotel as a barracks um and then after the war um the those who owned it and i think mr crocker who owned it at the time so please don't quote me on that uh they offered it to the navy for postgraduate education uh which was then being um being conducted at the naval academy and the navy took it over for the postgraduate school and the unfortunate thing is they also offered the um, for pebble beach corp they also offered by what i'm told the golf course to us for a very low price and uh, we said we weren't interested so um, i'm kicking myself but um Again, uh, we would golf course in the Monterey Pines under the direction of, of Sam you know, Sam Jepson and um, Austin Daniels, the superintendent and the magician with turf. And as soon as we can open it again, um, it's a wonderful place to go. But uh, Del Monte is a part of our storied past. That's what I was going to say. Is that, yeah, you, we wouldn't have the Navy golf course without that. So, uh, yeah, well, we might as well uh, scoot right into that. When do you think? So now we're getting into the future and your prognostication. Hopefully, you have a crystal ball in front of you. <laughs> is when do you think the Navy golf course will be open again? I know a lot of the uh, of the avid golfers around here just love that course because it's just a it's just well maintained, like you said. I think Austin won some awards recently, so it's just a great course. Our civilian of the quarter, and one, we're blessed to have a lot of golf courses around here, and, and, and some that are expensive, but some that are affordable. So um, the Pines is one of them, and, and, and again, what Austin and Sam do up there, along with their great staff, Neil Larkin and Lee, um, just great people. But to answer your question, I don't know. So let's look at the county as a whole, as I was brief, briefing some of the senior leadership here on the base. Uh, the county is still, um, we still have high numbers for um, for COVID positive cases. So, And that's a rolling incidence rate, something that we quote, we quote in things that we look at in order to, for the Navy to open, uh, to open the services. And it's not just the golf course, it's our gym and other services on the base. And so like say, the retirees, you have uh, chapel services and yeah, the gym and things like that. Yeah, full service to all those barbershops, uh, Trident Room, uh, Starbucks, all those things are closed right now. And again, for the for um, from senior Navy's position and from the militaries, it's to stop the the potential for uh, the COVID virus from coming onto the base for operational reasons. So I can't go much into it. Uh, what I will say is uh, the communication, the great work by those in the county and not just this county, it's our neighboring counties, which go into what senior Navy looks at in order to deem um, the space ready to open. Again, California, if you look at the morning news or whatever news source, California is one of those red states where uh, COVID virus is on the rise. So right now, those things have to turn. Um, things in the county that we knew were coming back in April, which was a harvest season. Uh, it's a it's, it's multi-billion dollar industry here for Monterey County. does great work. I was raised in it. Um, we knew we would see a rise in the potential number of cases, and those are coming, but uh, or those have come. But um, you know, and we're hoping for another couple of weeks, and we will start to see a downturn in the number of cases, which is a blessing. And it's not just so that we can open the base uh, and the services, but um, we need to get these things headed uh, headed downward. But kudos Absolutely. to Monterey County. Um, I will say the three T's, and that's the test, trace, and treat. Uh, they have been on the forefront and great partners in this. And those indicators are solid across the board. We just have to get the number of positive cases. And it's not just the number of cases, but the incidents. So it's a number of positive cases 
per people tested is what we look at. And we got to get that percentage coming down. And when we do, we will. So help me stay the course, proper hygiene, face covering, social distancing when you're in town. Those are the basics, but do the basics and we'll beat this. Hopefully we can get it done by um, here in the next few weeks. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm looking forward to that as well uh, for many, many reasons. Uh, so let's talk about some of the other great programs. I just want to plug them, even though they're not going on right now. Corks. So if we are, we talk a lot about the history of, of the Del Monte Hotel. Corks and Forks is a great way to learn out, learn more for the general public to learn more about the history of the Del Monte Hotel. Can you, maybe you won't be back until the fall or the spring, but can you tell us sir, a little bit about that program? So it's one of many programs through Del Monte Catering. So that so that our great staff under the direction of Kyle Rodas, our N9 director, uh, and that means he's the director of quality of life uh, services. So I'm sorry, it's a nine N9 is very Navy code, but um, quality of life director. Um, when Kyle and I and we arrived the first month, December of 16th, and we arrived at the same time, and we looked at what the Del Monte does. What do we do to make the base more a part of the community, not having it be Wonka? And people always ask me, what goes on? I've never, you know, I haven't been on the Navy base in, in quite some time in MPS. And I can remember coming on here for things like concerts on the lawn. So it was our effort. And really, Kyle deserves all the credit. He brought it back to, uh, brought back concerts on the lawn. Corks and Forks is another. So it's a wonderful head chef. And you look at prize, uh, award-winning wines here in the Monterey County. Combine those together. We had all been to food and wine pairings at Restaurant X and, you know, in, in whatever town you're in. How do we make that happen here and invite, invite the public uh, mm. to it? And with it, not just a wonderful pairing with a wonderful Monterey wine and, uh, and a sampling of, of great food through our executive chef, but Mel Ariano, who is the director of catering for us, uh, devised a plan to also give you a tour of the Del Monte. And we would have five or six stops along the way. And she would explain uh, a little bit about the history of, of that stop while you were enjoying a wonderful uh, taste of wine and a wonderful pairing. And uh, we look forward to that coming back. In addition to Corks and Fork or Corks and Forks, but Concerts on the Lawn, which we had to cancel on Memorial Day. But um, these things will be back because we love having the community here. Also, our um, Sunday brunches, which were great, in the ballroom uh, mm -hmm. with our executive chef. And that would be the last Sunday of every month. Um, those are things that we're looking forward to come back and having the community come back and enjoy them with us. Other other community outside of NSA Monterey, we also had International Day, which was yeah. phenomenal. That was sponsored by Naval Postgraduate School. Uh, maybe we could talk just a, a second or two about that because that's an open base event too, and that's wonderful as well. It is, it is, and and, and it's it's the strength of you know one of the strengths, one of the many strengths of a wonderful institution of higher learning, which is what the postgraduate school is. Um, well, the strengths are, um, are, are the partnership with our foreign nationals and the ability to bring them from many a country, sharing their experiences, the diversity uh, that makes us one. So when they come here, not just to learn, but sharing a little bit of their culture, um, sometimes some beer is there. That's wonderful, of course, but some wonderful uh, eclectic foods um, that they uh, that you can sample on that day. So yes, not only do you get to to meet many of many a fantastic officer and their families, but um, you get to sample some of the delicacies of uh, of where they come from. And it's um, I was sorry to see that one go this year, but that'll be another that comes back. And MPS um, Day is another, and that's MPS uh, in 2017, I believe, uh, under the direction of then Provost uh, Lehrman, one to offer up NTS 
for area schools. Uh, so what goes on here at the, at the postgraduate school and how does that, how can area schools benefit from that? That's a huge idea. And the STEM programs and the, and the idea is not just for high school kids who were probably studying STEM and robotics at the time, but reach down to the fourth and fifth graders um, because that's where you plant the seed for the thought of potentially going in that direction. So that's the age that you really want to, that you really want to um, um, well, plant a seed, if you will. So we brought on, we were thinking about four or 500 kids. I remember I mean, we had almost a thousand kids, over a thousand kids from as far away as South San Jose for that first time to down to um, Greenfield, Greenfield mm-hmm. Elementary, which is where I'm from, which is where I grew up <laughs> went to school. And uh, they all visited the postgraduate school and got a lot out of it. So a great. There, there great, is some great program. research going on at uh, the Naval Postgraduate School. It is really is a cool, cool uh, thing. And you, you partner with some of the uh, institutions in the Bay Area. That is Frank Sinatra. And we didn't get to a lot of stuff with Captain Rich Wiley, but he, fantastic guest. Thank you so much for appearing on the program today. Uh, Captain, uh, we hope you can make it back to the show sometime in the future. Uh, really do. I'm Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment Professionals of Monterey County. At Express, we're dedicated to providing great candidates to great businesses of Monterey County. For additional information, please call us today at 831-920-1230. And I'd also like to thank Mr. Mark Carbonero, the greatest producer in the business. And of course, the wonderful Dave Marzetti, host of the Shag Bag radio show on Saturday mornings. You've been listening to What's the Plan on Central Coast Power Talk, 1460 AM and 101 FM. Stay tuned next for Business Sense with Mr. Edward King. But I don't let it